7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you and a very good evening and thanks for joining us on SAFM Sport On. I am Tabiso Musia, Katlako Mudiba and Luyolom Kalipi are producing and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer this evening. We like to talk about the business of sport on a Thursday and tonight we will revisit a matter that we've previously highlighted on this show and that is the issue of sports broadcasting rights. We spoke to ICASA sometime last year when the public submissions were being made and the latest is that ICASA has now published the draft regulations in the government Gazette, and this happened last month, just shortly before Christmas. And uh, some are saying that this is an attempt now to break multi choices hold stronghold on sports broadcasting. But we were told last year by ICASA that their mandate, as required by the Broadcasting Act, is to identify national sporting events in consultation with the Minister of Communications and the Minister of Sport, which means that subsequently ICASA should determine regulations then to bar pay television broadcasters from acquiring exclusive rights on national sport events. So there has been a lot of movement in the past couple of weeks and we will speak to ICASA uh, tonight on the show to get a better understanding of these draft regulations and where the process is because I see that they've also now been broken down into different categories uh, so we'll get ICASA to explain that to us. It should be an interesting uh, conversation if you've been following uh, this story about uh, sports uh, broadcasting right because a lot has been uh, said here and uh, yeah, let's hear from ICASA. But before all of that, we will uh, catch up with former Springbok Nakadrotske, who is back home and out of hospital now after that experience, that near-death experience where he was shot a couple of times during a robbery. You will remember that we spoke to his brother Tienes uh, twice previously on the show just to check and get an update on Nakadrotske's condition and we are happy to announce that we will hear from Nakadrotske uh, shortly. Feel free to join our conversation at any time on 0891 Any of the conversations that will be having tonight you can also sms us on 40938 we also do take whatsapp voice notes on 0614104107 if you are on social media we use the hashtag safm spot on and uh, before we speak to nakatroske let me just tell you that 16 year old kulu munzi has qualified for the main draw of the Junior Australian Open. He won 4-6, 6-4 and 6-4 against the world number 77, Nini Gabriela Dika, to get into that main draw of the Junior Aussie Open. And uh, you might remember if you were listening to us last year that we actually spoke to his father and we spoke to uh, his coach, Anthony Harris, about uh, Kulu Monti and they were predicting big things for this boy. He's one half of the Monti brothers. His other brother is Sipo, who's also played at the Junior Australian Open now, the 16-year-old, the younger brother, has also made it to the Junior Australian Open. So he does look like he is the real deal, this Kolo Monzi. And we just wanted to wish him all the best of luck for that Junior Aussie Open. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. So let's now catch up with the former Springbok hooker, Nakatrotske, who continues to uh, make a recovery after being shot in December during a robbery while having a bribe with his family. We've had a number of, of you calling us and asking how Nakatrotske is doing after we spoke to his brother, Tienes, a couple of times. And uh, it's our pleasure now to have Nakatrotske on the line. Naka, good evening. Thank you very much for finding a few minutes to speak to us on SAFM. We're very happy to be able to speak to you, sir, which can only mean that you are on a good road to recovery. Good evening. Yeah, very nice to talk to you guys. Thank you very much for all the support. Um, I'm glad to say that I've uh, discharged from hospital now for a week. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, so much better at home, uh, the recovery and everything. So it's going really, really well. And uh, each day is, is easier, you know, to get into my normal routine. So thank you very much to all the listeners for you know, for, for the best wishes and everything. That's good to hear, Naka. And how is Naka feeling at the moment, physically and emotionally? Yeah, well, you know, it's, um, it, 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 it takes time. I was 17 days in, in ICU and, um, you know, you know, you've had a lot weaker. Uh, so it's difficult um, when you walk, you're still out of breath and stuff like that. But um, I'm working on that, uh, walking a lot, doing a lot of stairs, um, uh, eating much better every day. So it takes time to, to fully recover. But uh, now emotionally I'm fine, 100% looking forward to 2019. 
Oh, that's good to hear. And are you still having regular checkups? Yes, definitely. Now I've got, um, I still have, uh, you know, stitches in in the wounds, and um, you know that's where the infected started uh, when when everything became really serious. So I have to go back there every Wednesday morning. But um, you know, I'm glad to say that um, when I was there yesterday morning, they're very happy, and um, there's a chance that uh, by next week they can you know, take out the stitches and remove all the bandages and, and stuff and I can carry on, carry on as normal. I still have a lot of rehab to do in my arm, huh. um, which is fine with the physio, uh, but um, in the end, um, it looks like I can recover 100%, which is, um, you know, a, a miracle, absolutely a miracle. Oh, that's good to hear. And you mentioned your arm. Where exactly were you shot, Naka, uh, Naka Drotska? Was it in your arm? Yeah, I was I was uh, shot in the upper arm, uh, you know, the triceps, and then the bullet went through my shoulder and stopped into my chest. Um, luckily, you know, not causing any harm to to any organs or any, anything else. Um, that was the one shot. The, the second shot was uh, was in the stomach, um, but you know that that was in Pretoria already. They operate both, um, and. The stomach uh, was never reopened, so it was great. Uh, the infection started in the arm, so the arm was a big reason for going back, um, you know, in Bloemfontein and staying there for, for 35 days. Mm. And do you still have a clear picture, Naka, of the events of that day, or is it vivid memories of what happened? I can still remember exactly what happened, um, you know, since uh, from the from the moment everything happened until we arrived at the hospital, um, I remember everything. Obviously, there's a lot of times in the hospital itself, especially here in Bloemfontein, when it, when it was quite serious, which I can't remember. But um, the incident itself, I, I, I can remember really, really clear. Mm. And in hindsight, would you have done anything differently or did your instinct just kick in to try and protect your family and your loved ones that were around at the time? No, I think in hindsight, I would have done exactly the same given the situation. Uh, you, know, you just feel, um, I was sitting on my back towards uh, the door, the outside door, and um, us and Tinas were sitting on the other side and you know, they, all of a sudden four guys appeared um, with balaclavas and with, uh, you know, with, with uh, spray um, and guns. And it was just uh, our mobile phones and our wallets, everything was on the table in front of us. And they didn't ask for it, and they, were, they weren't interested in it. In it. In it. So they, they tried to force us into, into the house, and I know I knew that uh, my brother's little son, two, two boys are there as well as his girlfriend's his daughter, who's six years old. So at that stage, I just thought, you know, they're not interested in, in uh, you know, getting money or mobile phones or laptops or anything. Um, you know, in, in that split second, um, it's all the instincts. For, for me, for, it felt like, um, you know, they, they wanted to, to murder. So, you know, my, my first thing was I could rather attack and, at least we will have a chance of surviving. Hmm. And the last time we spoke to TNS, he was telling us that there were guys that were arrested. We actually even spoke to the police, I remember. There were guys that were arrested and then they were let go. Has there been any update from the police on this matter? Because it's been very quiet in the media. No, I don't have any updates so far. I have, if you have the numbers, um, you know, of the... Of the, um, the guys who, who did the... Uh, case we do the case so um we'll follow that up but at this stage you know i just want to get 100 percent back normal and and you know in my normal routine um but yes you're right initially there were two guys arrested and they were let go uh due to lack of evidence yes mm. so are you back at work or are you still recovering at home I'm still recovering at home. Um, I've got my own business, so uh, I'm still working. Uh, I've started to work a little bit in the mornings. Um, and when I get tired, you know, I've got a reason to take off and nap. But um, now getting straight, getting back into it, I believe, you know, if you get the brain working and 
you know, you get the fitness back, you will rec- recover much sooner. Oh, and do you still plan to get back on the rugby field to do some coaching again? Well, not at this stage, you know, never say never, you know, rugby is in, in my blood, so, uh, but at this stage, uh, I'm happy where I am. Uh, we'll see what um, what the future holds. There's always opportunities and stuff like that. And like I say, I, I love the game. So never say never. But at this stage, my focus is is on work only. Mm. Naka, there are a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, called us that wanted to get an update on your conditions. And for those who've just joined us, by the way, we are speaking to Naka Drotske. Uh, he's made a, uh, he's, he's out of hospital. He's just told us he's been out now for a week and is recovering at home. And those people, Naka, just wanted an update on you to find out how you were doing. And uh, we're glad that we can speak to you. What would you like just to say to the people that put you in your prayers during this difficult time uh, when you were shot and you were in hospital? Yes, no, it was just amazing. Um, I just want to say thank you, you know, for all, everybody who sent me best wishes and who, who prayed for me. Um, you know, there were un- hundreds of people, uh, I don't know, who sent me WhatsApps and uh, phoned me. And, you know, in the media, you could see there was a lot of people, you know, praying and everything. I, I really want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. And um, I'm really... Uh, humble to be where I am and thankful, um, you know, that God gave me another chance. Well, Naka, we are also grateful to God that you're still with us uh, because I know you still have a lot to contribute, whether it's in the game or, or it's off the field. And that's why we are really grateful that you are able to speak to us and uh, that you are on your way to making a full recovery. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us on SAFM, Naka Trotske. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too, sir. That is a former Springbok hooker uh, there, Nakadroska, also a former coach, of course, with the Cheetahs, former Cheetahs, a rugby player. Um, also, as I'm, I'm sure we are all familiar now with the story, he was shot during a bribe during a robbery at uh, while they were having a braai and then he went to hospital and a lot of people that we spoke to even his brother TNS was telling us that he's actually a hero uh, because he attacked these guys and he tackled I think three of them at the same time and then uh, they tried to shoot him and uh, yeah if it wasn't for Nakatroska they say they would have been talking a different story so I'm really happy that uh, we were able to speak to him and that he's making a full recovery and he's out of hospital and I'm glad that we could uh, speak to him and give you guys an update those who've been asking about Naka Trotsky's condition. Crime is a real, real serious problem uh, in this country. Yo, let's take a break. We're going to speak to Ikasa next. Tabiso Musia, weekdays at 7 p.m. And we are back and we are now going to... Well, we're not back. We didn't go anywhere. We've been here. But we're now going to talk about the issue of uh, uh, sports broadcasting. And we are joined in studio by Palisa Kadi uh, to discuss the latest draft regulations by ICASA because it will put the issue of sports broadcasting rights back in the spotlight. You will remember last year we did also speak to ICASA just to get a better understanding of what's uh, happening and what the sports broadcasting draft regulations uh, were all about. But we've got now the chairperson responsible for sports broadcasting services regulations at ICASA Upalisa Kadi who joins us live in studio. Palisa, good evening. Thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for calling us. Firstly, there is an assumption or a belief that these regulations are meant to break the stronghold of multi-choice in sports broadcasting. As a ICASA, as a how do you respond to that? I think ICASA is, is driven by public interest and they, there's really no mission. Ours is to make sure that the playing field is leveled and that South Africans are able to access broadcasting of sports, both on television and, and radio. And that is our call into into the matter. So that is your responsibility. Is that yes. what your responsibilities are and what that what you are mandated to do? Yes. Um, ICASA is, is mandated to look into broadcasting issues through our licenses. And uh, the public broadcaster is, is, is that. And also we have sub- subscription broadcasters uh, who are part of the commercial or paid TV where people pay subscription. Mm. For those who probably are not aware of who ICASA is or what ICASA is about, who are you mandated by or what is, who is ICASA? We are mandated by an act, mm. 
Uh, ICASA is the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, looking into broadcasting uh, issues, looking into telecoms, your operators. Uh, it also looks into postal services in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And we do this to make sure that the public have access to all these three components um, of, of, of our work. And we have been doing that uh, for at least 20 years now. Okay. So let's get to these draft regulations that were published in the Government Gazette in December. Firstly, how did we get to this point and how long has this process taken? These are the regulations have since been reviewed in 2010. That was the last time mm-hmm. um, the public interacted with these and ICASA did anything on them. So now we are in the review process, which we do for all other areas of our work. We're doing it for elections, broadcasting, uh-huh. uh, community broadcasting, and, and, and sports, and, and cyber security. So all components of our work require that there are regulations where we look into issues, whether there's a fair balance in terms of economic, mm-hmm. policy, legal and 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 many others uh, given that the custodians of these including the public broadcaster uh-huh. and and so uh, public submissions were open uh, were you uh, as a casa happy with the response how was the response when the public submissions were open well we've opened up and it's since the 15th of december and there are no responses yet that we have dealt with because the last day is the 15th of march okay we've done an extension and we're hoping that uh, south africans will come in numbers to air their views as far as uh, sports broadcasting is concerned so how did we get to these draft draft regulations then that were published in the government gazette those were reviews that we looked into in terms of the components since 2010. Mm-hmm. There are two elements that I, I would like to talk about. It's okay. the alternative dispute resolution mechanism where issues of default, but one wants to subst- subtract the issue of contractual commercial agreements between federations and the broadcaster. In that, we do not enter. But ours is to make sure that there's access of sports, especially for the public broadcaster. If you look into the Broadcasting Act, Mm -hmm. it requires the public broadcaster to um, broadcast sports and also national sports out of national interest yes out Mm -hmm. of national interest including developmental and minority sports and those were not clear in the 2010 and the 203 Mm. um, regulations so is that happening at the moment is the public broadcaster broadcasting those sports that are uh, that is that it's supposed to broadcast according to the act we have not received any adverse or bad compliance reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we're waiting for your annual sports uh, report, which will come at the end of the financial year, uh, to review and see what has happened over time. And we've never in the past almost 10 years received any complaints, in fact, uh, in terms uh, of the broadcaster not fulfilling its obligation. Mm-hmm. But one, as I have said, we need to level up the field mm. to make sure that the public of South Africa have access to sporting events. So does it mean if, if the regulations do come into place, it will require multi-choice basically to share broadcasting right with the public broadcaster? They, they are doing that already mm-hmm. when they, they acquire those rights. Law In law, there are no exclusive rights mm. to be granted. That is the expectation and an obligation from both parties. Everyone is aware as far as sports broadcasting is concerned mm. that you do not buy and they become yours. Uh, as far as, as, as our law, the Broadcasting Act and the um, Electronic Communications Act. Back in 2002, there was also a paper that was supposed to be drafted. How different is that process from the one that's taking place now? It's an ongoing process because when we when you review regulations, they are based on a circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, we've looked into these several issues that we said they were not adhered to, 
and felt that this is the right time to include your minority sports, to include your developmental sports in the regulations. And you don't find them in both the 203 and the 2010 regulations. So it's basically continuous work that's in progress. Yes, yes. Okay. Now let's get into it. The Sports Broadcasting Service Amendment Regulations 2018 draft. It breaks up these sporting events into three groups from what I've seen, Group A, Group B, and Group C. And it states that certain sports must be made available to free-to-air broadcaster. We always hear about sports of national interest, and you've already touched on that. So maybe we can move on to Group A. What does Group A entail? What does the draft say about Group A? It's it's national sporting events. Mm-hmm. These are the sporting events where we carry our national flag, just to make it very simple for everyone okay. to understand. Where there's Bafana, Bafana, Springbok, the Proti. Those are the ones that we are saying it's a requirement. It should be. And that's what Section 10 of the Broadcasting Act requires of the public um, broadcaster, that these should be aid. On the public, so they should be compulsory aid on the public broadcaster. Yes. So we're talking Olympic Games, we're talking World Cup, we're talking Cricket World Cup, Rugby World Cup, Soccer World Cup, all those. Where there's a national representation, South Africa, where South Africa is represented in terms of colors. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's what the draft regulations mm-hmm. are saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does it mean then that free-to-air broadcasters like the SABC are, will be required to broadcast these events and these international tournaments live? Yes. Okay. Well, upon receiving uh, the the submissions, remember this process, we're saying these are draft regulations. Yes, yes, yes. It's nothing let's, is finalized. Yes, let's engage. Mm, okay. So now the big question, and I'm sure somebody's going to call and ask about this. They will say, what about the money? Because they say SABC doesn't have the money. Does it mean that they must bid for them or they must pay for them? Uh, does the money come into effect when you do these draft regulations? It's one opportunity. That's why we call for submissions mm. for every affected party to make their case known and understood. Because that's a process and a, a platform for us to understand where SABC is mm. in terms of revenue, in terms of, of broadcasting um, obligations, and what is it that they are able to do. And from the hearings and the submissions that are ending on the 15th of March, you'll be able to understand exactly the, the scenarios uh, of, of Auckland Park SABC. Okay, I think that's very clear. Let's get into Group B. What does uh, Group B include? What is Group B about? It's subscription broadcasting services um, where we look into various um, sporting events, your, your marathons, your comrades, uh-huh. um, your, your PSL and, and, and others. So what we, we're looking at here, we're saying su- subscription broadcasting services uh, may acquire these rights, but mm-hmm. not exclusively. Remember, once they are within subscription where you pay for them exclusively, it means that any other South African who does not afford to pay uh, will not be able to have access and watch them. Mm. And where does that give the the ordinary South African? We've we've seen and we've heard that uh, really social commentation on how people sit in shipping's to to to, to wait watch. for matches yeah. your your boxing your yeah. your key matches they sit because they do not have access to these okay so so these ones then can they be sublicensed yes they can be sublicensed which they they are doing that mm. the there's the commercial the subscriptions are, um are, um broadcasters are doing that with our public broadcaster SABC does PSL fall into that? You, you mentioned PSL, right? Yes. Super yes, Rugby? Yes. Curry Cup Rugby? Yes. Okay. Let's go to Group C. What is Group C about? I saw it's about minority sports. Is that what yes. it's about? Yes. It's that's those sports that are not as prominent. Mm-hmm. You have your chess, you have dance, you have karate, um, which you would find uh, in schools, but you will not see them on TV regularly. Mm. I, I don't know the last time I've seen judo um, in in broadcasting. Mm. It's either it's early hours of the night. Uh, so we're saying at least we should be able to 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 give two of these some um, broadcasting um, you know opportunity, mm. so that we continue building social cohesion and a sporting nation. Does tennis fall under this? 
Tennis. Yes, I believe. And golf. Yes. And squash. Golf and squash. Ah, and gymnastics actually. From from what I saw. So so you are saying that at least two of these sports in this category must be broadcast per annum. Does it mean they must be broadcast by the public broadcast or by everybody? By the public broadcast, in the, it, it says, yes, it says by subscription and free to A. Uh-huh. And Group C includes indigenous games. Oh, yes. And yes. we actually spoke about them it's, last it's year. It's a highlight um, that many of us as South Africans, we live in the sub-Abibia and we are unable to follow through mm. and have what we known and grew up with. Uh, mm. and also continue the legacy of, of, of being sports-loving people because it bring, this brings in communities and they're not as expensive. Yeah, and we actually spoke about these indigenous games last year. We were told that it was sold out in Sishekho. It was packed the whole week when the national championships were going on. If you've just joined us, for those who've just joined us, we are speaking to Upali Sakadi. Uh, she's from Ikasa, and uh, we are talking about the Sports Broadcasting Service Amendment Regulations, the 2018 uh, draft, and uh, it's still open for submissions. And Palisa is the chairperson responsible for Sports Broadcasting uh, Services at Ikasa. Please feel free to join us if you have any questions you want to ask or if you seek any clarity uh, because we want to use this platform just to educate and to uh, highlight and to get a better understanding of exactly what this is about so you can call us on 0891-104-207 our sms line is 40938 we do take whatsapp voice notes on 061-4104-107 we're using the hashtag safm spot on on social media and we already have a voice note let's go there hi member uh, zico here from binoni uh I think this act will help a lot, especially for some of us who don't have uh, the whole of super sports. Like, you no, know, it's about time we see our national teams on free to a. You know, like this thing of only seeing cricket when it's playing in South Africa, but when it's playing overseas, we we can't see it. As for rugby, is worse. We can we cannot even see rugby. There's no rugby on our free to a. So this new rule will be will benefit a lot of us. Thank you. Okay. And I know you said you're still waiting, Palisa, for some submissions, but we've seen some reports that some of the federations are not happy. Uh, For example, SA Rugby has been quoted. The PSL has also been uh, very vocal. From what you're gathering, what is the response like? Uh, People are airing their views in terms of where the federations stand. Mm -hmm. And we are waiting for a written submission so that we may formulate an opinion on that uh-huh. uh, I, I i don't think uh, one is in a good position at the moment uh, to 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 look into social media and some of the the pressers or, or media statements issued by such we've engaged them previously in mm. our um fact-finding mission and, you know, collaboration of information around this matter. We've spoken at length with various federations and, and well, uh, we're waiting and we, 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 we found each other in terms of when and how people will submit and we're waiting for those facts where they will determine where these federations are standing and their impact. Remember, regulation is not to put any federation worse off. Mm-hmm. Or any licensee, broadcasting licensee, worse off. We want to see how is the public going to benefit. How can ordinary South Africans have access to this content? Because that's what the federations have been saying from some of the reports that uh, I've been reading that they will be left worse off after this. Uh, some does it, some say that they will have to lower their asking a price. So are you saying that when the submissions are made, you will take everything into account? This is a chance for them to explain all their challenges and whether they why they are for or against this. Definitely, we have experts. I have a full team from legal to economists to people who create models mm-hmm. who are going to assess the submissions given uh, by the federations. I'm, th- I'm sure it's going to be really a big turnout uh, based on the comments. But one would like to hear more from civil society as well mm-hmm. in terms of even, even the school sports. Yeah. Uh, how the lack of, if there's any in within publications, is affecting um, uh, children not having access to sports. And where, if they don't see this in the public um, uh, broadcaster, where can uh, children and those who do not as, um, afford to pay subsidies, where can they view such? So we need alternatives as well. As w- but what we are able to do is to hear out all people who have something to say on the matter. So how do they get involved in the, they the civil submit, society? 
uh, civil society submits uh, to ICASA and mm-hmm. makes any individual, any association affected uh, by sports broadcasting. You submit to ICASA. We've made the call uh, where you'll be able to send your, your, your emails to, I don't know if I can give now yes, the you details. Can. You can. Yes, if you can. If you have them there, you can. Yes, uh, it's V Mulete. Uh, it's M O L E T E. Etikasa.org.za. Okay, just repeat that again. It's V M O L E T E. Etikasa.org.za. And P, P for Palisa. P, Kogi. It's C O K I E. Etikasa.org.za. Those are the two emails. We have a fax number. But we, we, we also would like people to, to make sure that um, they call ICASA as well if there's any other questions. So anybody can make, even I can, I can write and make a submission and yes, send. Yes, you are a consumer after all, a oh. sports content uh, okay. consumer before a presenter. Okay. And then um, you said you've met with some of them last year. Was the PSL one of those that you've met with? Because uh, we did uh, get our hands on the submissions that they made to ICASA last year. No, we, we've we've met federal. I, I don't want to disclose because now um, I will have to discuss what we've we, we, we spoke about. Mm-hmm. But the interest and the formal submission, which we told them, will be on the fifteenth of March. Mm-hmm. But we've met as many federations in in soccer, in boxing, in rugby, and cricket, athletics, netball, netball, and and many others. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason I'm raising this is that when we got hold of that submission by the PSL, there was a part where they said that part of the broadcast money they get from Supersport, they give $10 million to the Players' Union. We then have a response from the Players' Union that said, no, that's actually not the case. We've never received any money from the PSL. What happens in a situation like that? It's an inter-organizational matter. It's a governance matter. Uh, remember, PSL is not our licensee. We'll only license uh, the public broadcaster uh-huh. and your your subscription TV, which you pay for, which then uh, buys rights from PSL. So we do not interact directly with PSL. But when from time to time we do have uh, you know queries and contact them when when required in mm-hmm. terms of understanding the business of of rights. Okay. Yes. So, so when these regulations then come come into effect, whichever way they go, will it be the will the obligation be on the sporting bodies to make these tournaments that we've mentioned, Group A and Group B, available to free to air, or is it the, is the obligation now on the broadcaster like the SABC to come up with the money to show these events? It's on both parties. Remember, there's a tariff structure which also we do not enter into in terms of what does a right cost, oh. a sporting right. Well, one would really like to have some preview into into that if um, people make such um, submissions. So uh, what happens between the federations and SABC? It's a contractual and a private business uh, component, but the interest for ICASA is to make sure that the sports broadcasting component from the public broadcaster SABC is adhered and dealt with, uh, you know, in, in in the required way by law, because mm. the Broadcasting Act compels the SABC mm. to look into this. Is the SABC meeting its obligations at the moment? We're waiting for that report and we're hoping the 15th of March we'll be able to hear these concerns, abilities and capacities, if they are there or not. So who monitors it to check if, if they are meeting the obligations or is this the process that helps you monitor what's happening? Yes, regulations. We, we, we govern by regulations. It means we manage by regulations. So we have a compliance, a full, full compliance unit that listens into sports. Even for elections now, the national ele- we have a full team uh, of, of monitors, election monitors that are going to be employed to look into this once the date is expressed by the president. So we are waiting into that and we have not had an indication where um, there's non-compliance but we are hoping that the report will detail all the incapacities and capacities of the organization of of the public broadcaster and i'm sure they will make that submission
Okay, that is very clear. For those who've just joined us, you're on SAFM and we are talking about the sports broadcasting rights with Upali Sakadi from uh, Ikasa. You can call us on 0891-104-207 if you want to join the conversation and uh, get clarity or uh, if you want to comment, you can SMS us also on 40938. Our WhatsApp number, we do take voice notes there, 061-4104-107 and we're using the hashtag SAFMSpot on, on social media. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And later on, we're also going to hear uh, from uh, William Baird from the Media Media Monitor, and we'll just get we want to just get their thoughts on what is happening here. Uh, he's the director of Media Monitoring Africa. We've also got a clip here uh, from it's a response from Safa. They did speak to SABC a couple of days ago, just about this uh, broad about this sports broadcasting right. So we'll get to that. But let's go to Vincent in Midrand first. Vincent, good evening. How are you? Fine, thanks. Thank you, Vincent. Yes, I, I just like to comment on one thing that has been bothering me, trying to do something about it, but failed decimally. TSL does not want to support their legends. Legends like your teenage dadas and all those things, they just do not want to entertain it. And the question is why and who should do that? We just have another fallen hero. Well, this is these are even better heroes that and the beat when they were playing. But your old teenage dadas and others get them get to be supported elsewhere in the world and they do not get supported by our own PSL. Mm. And the question is why? And those people that are driving PSL are seated and when you get there they close every single door and breath for it to happen. Who else would do that? And what do you mean exactly by support, Vincent? By by support is it I, I went out for example wanting to convene a tournament to support teenage data where, uh, where, where all other people that support soccer would vote and donate and go to the soccer field. But PSL keeps on not accepting that we have such kind of tournament. Mm. We're not asking a cent from them, but we're simply saying, allow us to convene the big teams, your Chiefs, your Pirates, your Sundowns, and all those teams that necessarily would support those kind of calibers to do that so that we have that tournament so that we have this thing happening and we ourselves support our own legends with some two rent, five rent contributions we make. Okay. And PSL goes and stops and they will send you to the Legends Association, which does not do anything. Ooh, I was also about to refer you to, to those guys, uh, the Safa Masters and Legends Association. Um, I've seen some of the work that they do. I know that the late film singer was also a part of it. So maybe, Vincent, we can put you in touch with the Safa Masters and Legends Association. I'm not sure if that's exactly the guys that you got in touch with. And let's see if they, 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 they will walk the talk because they said that they are here for the Masters, they are here for the Legends, and that's why they're involved. I know the likes of Prashik Mashaba were also part of this essay masters and legends association so we will try and put you in touch but let's hear from safa because they spoke to sabc a couple of days ago about this matter they spoke to uh, sabc's sports reporter velile mnyandu it was actually mr russell paul the acting ceo is he still acting or is he now the official ceo from that broadcast perspective matters uh, are starting to become more complicated as well if you consider the new ICASA regulations that they are trying to impose on uh, both federations uh, and uh, the broadcasters. We have raised this issue. Uh, We have asked for an extension. The extension has been granted from the 4th of February to the, I think it's the 15th of March uh, for uh, responses. And obviously we'll be joining with uh, other federations around this matter to be able to uh, table a a better uh, deal for uh, sport in general. One of the things that we have indicated to ICASA is that they just don't seem to to have a handle on what it takes in terms of the number of hours of broadcast uh, and trying to put that into a public broadcaster. If you consider, and many times there's rugby, there's cricket, and there's soccer all being played at the same time. Uh, The current uh, free-to-air broadcaster that we have, or broadcasters that we have, do not have the capacity to do that. Besides the fact they do not even have the infrastructure to do that. Because you know in cricket there's a lot more cameras that are required uh, than in football. Uh, The same uh, with rugby and and, and football, pretty much the same number of cameras. Uh, There are matches that are played outside of the country. Uh, I mean, one of the other things that we've raised with them as as well, they've listed the IAAF as a federation. There's no IAAF in this country. The IAAF sits off off the shores 
and it's like uh, the IOC. So we've indicated that these are serious, serious challenges. When the, the, the question of financial issues were raised with uh, ICASA, they said, well, that's a discussion between uh, the parties. So we have said very clearly to them, you can't place obligations and responsibilities on parties without saying who is actually going to fund this. Uh, so they've gone back into their shell a little bit, but we are going to, to take this matter forward. So we have indicated uh, clearly to uh, the SABC that we are exploring other avenues and we are pretty close to, to trying to close off some of those matters. Okay, so those are the views of the SAFA CEO, Mr. Russell Paul there. And I guess you can't probably really comment on this because you have to wait for the submissions to come and then you look at this at the end, Palisa. I think it's for, for the now. Let me clear the air. There's no, ICASA is, no impo- is not imposing mm. any regulation at the moment and will not because it is not permissible by law to do that. Mm. We are a Chapter 9 institution as with all others um, established to make sure that the public interest is taken care of. Secondly, it's a great opportunity to listen to all federations and hear them out. We want to understand the economies of scale, the tariff structure and all other models that they use. And I think um, um, Russell is looking into old um, 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 draft regulations, the ones of uh, December 2018, 14th, mm-hmm. uh, published on the 14th of December. Do not um, refer to IW, I think. IAAF, uh, like you yes, yes, no, there's no such. So he, he, I hope that he's got the right document with him uh, this time around. Mm. So does it concern you that people think that you're imposing these regulations when you've actually got a, a mandate? We have amended. I'm happy for this opportunity as well so that we may clarify that South Africans can come to ICASA and indicate because one does lawmaking requires in South Africa a public um, participation. Mm. So if there's no one who's going to show up that day, we are not going to make any regulations. Mm. And it will be very unfortunate, in fact, not to have. But we need all, even individuals who are affected by this matter can raise their hand and submit and say, this is how you can do that in your own language or in any form. But as long as it's before the 15th of March. Mm. And then after the 15th of March, what happens after that? How long do you expect the process to take? We're consolidating and we're going to consolidate uh, the, the inputs and we're hoping to complete it before the end of June. Okay. June 2019. I'm sure there will be uh, fair deliberations and we'll be able to assess and go back if there's any issues that require clarity. Because as people present, there are some things that they miss or misunderstand, and we ask them sometimes to go back and clarify. Because this is an official document that we may refer to for for the next five years, and when people mm-hmm. um, require, then, then we may be able to tap on, and it's going to be available, all submissions on our website as well. Okay, let's take the last one from Roxina. Roxina, you've been tweeting. Uh, what do you exactly want to say? Good evening, how are you? Fine, thanks and you, Roxina. I'm good. Uh, it's all good and well what the sister is saying there, but for me, this seems like a desktop uh, exercise. Nothing will happen. If they say they won't impose and all the... Day. And, uh, and the other thing I want to know is, why have they, uh, why is it taking them so long to come with X like this? So, for me, it seems as if TSL, they can do as they please. The only thing that we'll be looking up to is SABC now. Please, you can just answer me on that one. Okay. We've, I understand the, the, the lapse of, of um, time, mm. but we've also never, we have not received any complaints in the past nine years mm-hmm. on this matter, any return. For, we have a triple C, which is a complaints uh, uh, set up a, f- a format uh, that looks into into to that. So we have not, but also ICASA now is a full council of nine um, councillors elected by, um, appointed by the National Assembly in Parliament. So we are fully constituted and we have been able to go on and review all the, uh, you know, some of the priorities mm. which did not have capacity to deal with uh, previously. And it, it is, I think, good timing with all some of the social nuances uh, that we have been receiving uh, that are concerning, but we do not take those official until people submit on the 15th of March. Mm. Then we can include them in our decision-making with the position that ICASA will take after hearing the public. 
Finally, I understand that you'll be going to the UK. Is that a fact-finding mission? We are looking into various countries uh, in terms of uh, viewing what are the international benchmarks that are there. Um, we, 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 we have not confirmed anything for now, in fact. Okay. We are also, as mentioned, are going to hear from Mr. William Baird, Media Monitoring, uh, Director of Media Monitoring Africa, just to get their thoughts on this one. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 107.1 FM in Seapoint. So let's get then a perspective from Media Monitoring Africa. Mr. William Baird joins us on the line now. Mr. Baird, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. We appreciate your time. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me on the program. And what's your view on what ICASA is trying to achieve with these regulations, sir? So, look, I mean, sports regu- sports broadcasting regulations are always uh, hot-button issues. They cause a lot of uh, anxiety and they're things that people get excited about. Understandably, because it's about usually your, your favorite uh, sport or your team. Mm. I think that in as much as we need uh, further clarity, unfortunately, I think these regulations are coming at a, at a bad time where... You know, we're on the cusp of a significant change. The, the reality is is that in the, in the very near future, people will be uh, watching their sports uh, through their mobile devices and through and accessing them through a multiplicity of areas and not through the kind of traditional means that we've got. So I think that's the first thing. The second point is that at the moment, there's unfortunately this uh, blurring of lines where I don't think that the system that they're setting up is actually going to favor any of the so-called minority sports. And what's concerning about that is that they haven't, you know, tried to look at promoting uh, gender at all within those things. They do talk about minorities, but even there, the way that they that the regulations are currently phrased, you're not going to be seeing um, other media, uh, you know, broadcasters looking to promote diverse sports and offer things to uh, interesting audiences. What you're likely to see because of the way that they're phrased is that any smaller sport that's able to get any form of sponsorship are going to be the ones who get uh, some amount of airtime, whereas those that don't or can't are going to be the ones who lose out. And that, I think, is you know counterintuitive to what they're actually trying to do. Now, some sports federations have come out to say their main revenue stream will be affected here if, uh, if, if like, say, let's say, multi-choice was forced to purchase less exclusive contact, content. Does it mean that they would want to pay far less for non-exclusive rights? Yeah, I think that that's certainly one of the the key issues that they're, that they're going to have to deal with. And, and I guess we have to wait to hear uh, what the broadcasters' views on, them, on these things are themselves. But again, the regulator itself is in a difficult position and the SABC is itself in an impossible position because, of course, they've got no money. They can't currently afford the prices that are being charged. And then when they do for things like Bafana Bafana games, they don't get the return on investment. So... It's all well and fine for us to be angry and upset with the public broadcaster for not broadcasting these games. But when it comes down to it that people aren't actually watching and they're not getting the revenue that they need to, then you have to say, well, why are we being expected to pay this amount of money for things that don't generate the the revenue? So there's a complex uh, range of factors. And then you go, in addition to that, then you look at an entity like um, MultiChoice, and there they say, you know, they pay a lot of money to get exclusive rights to broadcast these things. Uh, it's the thing that then differentiates them. If they don't pay that, then, you know, what, what's, it, what's in it for them to be, to be doing this? Mm. The other argument, though, is that these regulations are advancing equality, human dignity through access to sport of national teams uh, to all citizens. Look, what we do know is this, is that clearly uh, for national sports, and to encourage greater diversity of sporting and sporting codes, we do need to implement some kind of regulation. So I think that you know it's not to suggest that the regulators shouldn't be doing these things, but I think that in this instance, I think that the balance is wrong and that they're not actually going to achieve those aims, precisely because the only sports that are going to do well here are the existing dominant sports. The ones that aren't doing well, things like, you know, national chess. What about women's cricket? How do we possibly boost that? Women's football. You know, Banyala Banyala did 
infinitely better than you know than than our than our, our male football team yet we're not seeing any kind of reference or incentive being given to these things so i think and that's part of it mm. at the moment it says this is going to happen and this will happen but what we're not seeing is an incentive to broadcasters to make deals to look for alternatives to share content to to say well if we get this then maybe we can do this and the real question is if your baseline is to say we want all South Africans to have access to view national sport, but also critically to encourage people to look at other sports or to, you know, build new audiences for for women's football, for women's cricket. You know, those sports are up and and and, and rising. And certainly, if you look uh, go back in the history of football in the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties. In the UK, for example, women's football was bigger than men's football, largely because the you know the, because of the the First World War. But the point was, it was incredibly popular. So there's no reason that women's football, in and of itself, shouldn't be more popular than men's football. And if their team does better, then we should be seeing that. But the way these regulations are are, are framed at the moment, there's no way that we're going to start to see uh, equitable or even incentivizing our broadcasters to cover that. And it also means, as I said, sports like hockey, where they can get access to some sponsors, maybe those minority sports will get uh, airtime. Remember, the regulations say that they can have, they'll have to give airtime to at least two from that list of minority sports. But then what about the others? If you are the, you know, the South African chess team, you may well be amongst the best in the world, but there's no way you're going to get that if you can't get sponsorship, and that itself is wrong. So you have to find ways of incentivizing and also encouraging sports that aren't as well um, represented. And part of this, as I said, is that in the very near future, you're going to need to be able to say, well, how do we offer this on a platform where people are? Already with DSTV's uh, capabilities and with SABC's, once they're in a multi-channel environment through digital television, they can show a lot more sport. But then what's the incentive for them to do so and how do we make sure that they, in, in, in addition to that, also yeah. show our key national sports? Well, I sure hope you're part of this consultation process, Mr. Bader. Are you? Yes, we are. Okay, that's good to hear. Thank you very much uh, for joining us and just giving us insight today into your views on this post-broadcasting right. That's the Director of Media Monitoring Africa, Mr. William Baird. Do you have any last words, Palisa? Uh, we're hoping that we'll get more uh, inputs from civil society, your NPOs affected by this, mm-hmm. and also those who are dealing with you, your indigenous sports or uh, developmental or minority sports in, in, in particular, so that we get to, to, to hear out and, and have them represented um, in, in this forum. But the hearings are really open for all South Africans, individuals, organizations, or anyone affected. Okay, great stuff. I think you've been very clear. Thank you very much for finding time to come into studio and speak to us here. Thank that you. is Sakadi, who's the chairperson responsible for sports broadcasting service regulations at ICASA. Yeah, now a very interesting one, and I'm sure we'll have more of these uh, conversations are going forward. Please make your submissions, guys. All those who've contributed, who've tweeted, who've called us, make sure that you also get your voice heard there and you uh, raise your concerns or whatever you have uh, because the process is opened until March.